Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Drag Race UK Season 1, Episode 2. My name is Joe Batanz and I am joined, as always, by one tenacious co-host. From the YouTube channel WDW Aristocrats, please say... Much there! To Daniel J. Brewer. Hello, Hello Joe Batanz. How are you doing? You know what, Joe? Yes? I'm a star. <laughs> I'm a star, and I'm going to rise to the top of the surface because Joe Batanz. You know why? Why? Because real podcast hosts put the work in. They sure do. Someone put 50p in Daniel, I can tell you that. <laughs> Which I'm reading on the blogs is sort of the line of the night. That's what I'm sort of yeah, hearing. I think there were several uh, lines of the night. Well, look, I, I, co- I would be willing to get this. This is coming from British people. British people, it's funny, the British people see this show in, t- in such a different way than you and I do. Uh, in fact, it, I wanted to talk about last week's episode. You not you? I don't. I can't speak for you. I know for myself, I was like, it was a fine episode. I don't know. I think you had it along the same lines. Yeah, right? yeah. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't yeah. the greatest ever. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of these UK people thought it was like the greatest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race ever. <laughs> well, I, 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 well, all right, all right. Wait, but all right. Yeah. So let's say that you watched. Uh, I'm trying to think of like. Uh, let's say that you 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 watched British Idol, right? Yeah. And then when we got our very first American Idol, everyone thought it was great because, you know, now there's Americans on it, right? The people that yeah. they, they, stars and judges that they may know and recognize. Like mm-hmm. these people have never been on the U.S. version before. Like uh, Alan Carr has never been a judge on the U.S. version before. So seeing some, you know, hometown judges up there and seeing some some nods to your home country, I think would make it a better episode. No, I, 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 I'm. My point I was going to make is this actually makes my point about why Mexicans and Latino people went so crazy over Valentina. Uh-huh. You know, is that she reflected a, an aesthetic and a, and a culture that. Here's the deal. Here's the problem, Dan. I don't know about, about white people, and especially the white people of the world. I know nothing about white people, Joe Batanz. Tell me, tell me all about them. They just assume that all Latinos are the same. So to them, Puerto Ricans, Cubans, and Mexicans are the same people. What? You know? They're yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. They probably think that Koreans and Vietnamese and Chinese and Japanese are all the same too. So You are blowing my mind right now. Yes? Yeah. So I think World of Wonder was just a surprise that like, wait, Yara Sofia and Eliminatia Lopez weren't doing it for the Mexicans? Uh, Valentina is the one that really did it and is, yeah. No, by the way, Adora Delano is Mexican, but she's Mexican-American. Valentina is Mexican from like – even though she's born here, she she represents a very Mexican from Mexico aesthetic. And so, uh, yeah, as I can imagine the same way that Mexicans were ecstatic to see uh, Valentina, that, that the Drag Race UK people are – to see their show represented uh, in their – language and their culture is pretty exciting for them so that does that that represents then the big mexican audience we have at this podcast uh mm-hmm. that, that are there oh, because, yeah. of, because of you oh yeah oh yeah we have a huge look i i've I said often that on the on on the air on the phone i sound like a white guy so shit gets done when uh when i'm talking to people on the phone if i show up they're like uh yeah the garbage is over there luis <laughs> You know, but uh, on the phone, they fucking shit happens. I it's true. It's it. true. I remember you you showed up at a mutual friend of ours house, uh, Auntie Vera Charles, and I believe <laughs> she handed you a leaf blower when you first showed up. Was, uh, <laughs> I had I had to, I had to let you in. I had to like, no, no, this is Joe. This is this is, this is Joe, our friend Joe. I found it completely natural and started to go like, <laughs> oh yeah, where are the leaves? Uh huh. Yeah. 
Sadly, so though, did, he didn't get a tip. So yeah. now, by the way, Daniel uh, Jay Brewer, you went to dinner recently with uh, after after see my company Afterthought Media All Star Taylor the Latte Boy. I did with Taylor and Babalu. Yes, yeah, Taylor and his husband Babalu. And how did that go? They were on a double date with you and your boy. Your what do you refer to Zach as? As your, my boyfriend. Yeah, your boyfriend. We've been dating yeah. for like two. A little, little over two years. So yeah, he's my boyfriend. Um, I mean, we live together in sin, obviously, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying, yeah. Uh, the, uh, yeah, we went to dinner. It was this really, really swanky place. You would like it, Joe. They, they put blueberries on their hamburgers. It's, um, <laughs> oh, well, then it must be a Michelin star <laughs> restaurant. And if they do that, uh, for those of you who are not in the know, one time Taylor the Latte Boy called me and he said, when you come to Orlando or wherever he lives, Tampa, St. Pete. Yes. I got to take you to this restaurant, but Tans, I know you love food. You're going to love this place. It's so gourmet. They make these hamburgers. They put blueberry jam on the hamburgers. They do. And it was delicious. It, the blueberry jam was delicious. No, actually, we, we ate at a lovely place called uh, Beach, 500 Beach. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit throwing because it's not actually on the beach. You'd think that a place called 500 Beach would be on the beach, but yeah. it's, on a, it's on a road called Beach Drive. Uh, yeah, we it was a lovely evening here in Central Florida. We dined al fresco. Oh, uh, you did? Yeah, we talked all about, um, you know, all, all about the cruise that we had just gone on because they are big Disney cruise aficionados, as you know. Oh yeah, don't I know? And Zach and I just took our very first Disney cruise, so uh, they wanted the, a debriefing, as it were. They were just yeah. wanted every juicy little detail about our cruise. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we, we talked all about it. It was great. Now, by the way, you're one of the hosts over at that WDW Aristocrats YouTube channel that everyone's talking about. And <laughs> all I, yeah, it's it's you, uh, that Tana Mongo or Manju or whatever her name is, right? And uh, the 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 Paul brothers, and um, <laughs> you're uh, just struggling to come up with another YouTube name, aren't you? Well, look, I date someone who watches that kind of stuff, so I'm going. I'm just, Putting people's names out there. I'm just, just throwing us in the Tim Tracker, Joe. That's all it is. Just us and the Tim Tracker and Adam and the, the Woo. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, will you be covering your uh, event filled cruise on said YouTube channel? Actually, yes. Uh, this past video, so we put out videos on Wednesday and Saturday. So our, our, our mm-hmm. last video, the one that we just put out last night, is our shopping haul from the cruise. So we're showing you all the, the lovely pins and uh, other stuff that we bought on the cruise. Uh, because people on YouTube like shopping halls. I don't know why. Um, and shopping hall. I've, I've, I've never been on a cruise. What's a, what is a shopping hall? A shopping hall is is just a video where you show things that you bought. Like, hey, I, I went to the Disney outlet and I bought a bunch of stuff. Hey, look at all this cool stuff that I bought. So it's basically mm-hmm. just showing you stuff that I bought. We don't have a camera tonight between you and I or else I would show you the D23 mm-hmm. pins that I got. Uh, mm-hmm. I got a, a set, a 10 set of d23 pens that are gorgeous there you can see them on the video but they're they're gorgeous pens wow but yeah we had a, a bunch of stuff on the cruise ship but it, all i'm trying to say is this coming saturday mm-hmm. will be the actual cruise vlog so that will actually contain oh. footage from the ship and mm-hmm. uh, all that fun stuff oh wow have people from drag race uh recap gone over to your channel and said like hey daniel i you know, uh, I love Disney cruises too. I, I imagine there's a, a good crossover between people who love Disney. And I, I, no, I have not seen it yet. No one has left that in the comments. So if you're if you're over there and you check out the video, make sure you do leave us a comment. Yeah, you should. 
Yeah. Uh, all right, Daniel, let's jump right into the show. This week, last week's winner, the Vivian, has had it with Cheryl Hall, and then she has the honor of lining the contestants up in order of top to bottom. Scaredy Cat and the Vivian are named the team captains in an acting challenge called Downton Draggy. Something Wong does something wrong in her performance as Mariah Carey. Crystal can't fake a British accent. Baga steals the show. Blue is going to try to be different. A lot of the queens, especially Something Wong, have secrets from their families, and the girls are serving Bond Girl Glamorama on the runway as they untuck cheryl admits she sold something wong out in the main stage while some in vin uh vinegar strokes tell cheryl that they don't know this person that cheryl's portraying on the show cheryl cries blue cries and scaredy cat is scared back on the main stage bag of chips is named the winner of the challenge while blue hydrangea and scaredy cat are placed in the bottom two after a lip sync battle for their lives blue is told shante you staying while scaredy cat is told to sashay away, Daniel J. Brewer named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. The first thing that I liked about this episode was at the very end when Maisie Williams came flying through the air and stabbed Scaredy Heart in the cat. I mean, Scaredy Cat in the heart. That was uh, that was my favorite part. Okay, obviously a Game of Thrones reference. Yeah, people yeah. don't watch Game of Thrones. No, Maisie Williams. She's that young girl from uh, the yeah. Teen Reacts videos. <laughs> She she really was on that. Anyway, Who, what, what is she? Was she really on the Team React videos? Yes, yeah. She was reacting to uh, trying to figure out an Atari console, I believe. Yeah, you can you can find it if you check check for Maisie Williams Teen Reacts. You'll find the video. Um, but yeah, she was she was you know one of those people that they mm-hmm. that they I guess hired. I don't know what they do. I guess they are. Anyway, here's the real list, though. Uh, the number one thing that I liked from this episode was Bag of Chips. I liked Bag of Chips yeah. in almost everything she did. But I got to ask you this question, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. You and I have a mutual friend named Big Fatty. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but Big Fatty does a face. He, like, does this mug face. Anytime a photo is taken of him, uh, yeah. he just does the same face. Yeah. And after a while, it really gets old. I feel like Bag of Chips has that face. Like she does the same mug every time. And so far I'm not tired of it. But I can see that maybe being a problem going in the future. But for now, like Bag of Chips. I was definitely, she was a highlight of this episode for me. Uh, And number two, the second thing that I liked really was just the queens overall. I liked almost Mm -hmm. all the queens' performances tonight. I felt that their performances Mm -hmm. uh, rose above the shitty writing and the scripts uh, and the directing and all that is like, there were some pretty good moments of acting compared to what we've seen before on -hmm. this show. And I felt like uh, there was just a lot of really confusing uh, people. They they were getting critiqued for it, but I think really when you dig into those critiques, it was more about the script than it was the acting. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I I was very happy with the Queens overall in this. uh, Like there wasn't one queen that I was like, Oh my God, I just can't wait till you get out of here. Uh, and the one thing that I hated about this was the stupid script for that, for those horrible skits, the, the worst, most confusing, disjointed piece of crap scripts ever in the history of the world. I'm quite sure. Well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I have no idea what was happening in the script. I, I, the first That's what part I'm saying. Was, yeah, well, it yeah, was confusing. The first, was, the first part was easier to follow. Uh, there was no logic to it, but it was easier to follow. The second one, I have no idea what happened to the second one. I like literally don't know what they were talking about. Anyway, um, the two things I liked were, um, were, you know, I actually think the performances in the, in team, the Vivian in that first, uh, Downton draggy scene 
Yes. Might be some of the strongest performance uh, in an acting challenge as a team that I've ever seen on the show. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. I, I agree. The board, yeah. Across the board, they were fantastic. And even, I will say, even Team uh, Scaredy Cat, which was far worse, and you could tell they were the losing team, I would say for the most part, you know, the, you know, uh, Davina was good in it, and uh, she might have been the only one that was good in it. No, I think Blue, Hy- Hy- Blue Hydrangea was actually pretty good in it, given the material she had to work with. The critique was, I don't know who poor Michelle is. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. you gave her four lines. How are you supposed to find some character fucking backstory in four lines? It's like uh, she did. Well, the- they all pull that shit. Here's the deal. The peep, no one thinks that the writers of RuPaul's Drag Race sketches are funnier than the writers of RuPaul's Drag Race sketches. Right. I don't know. But, but the problem you run into is that RuPaul, and you can say all the wonderful things you want about RuPaul, has the corniest, cheesiest, worst dad joke sense of humor that uh, that I've ever seen. So the stupidest shit makes her laugh. So in 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 I think the scripts work for RuPaul, you know, but they're horrible. They're never funny. And I I I you know, I saw somewhere online people were like they should let the drag queens write the scripts. I'm like, no, those would be equally terrible. Oh, no, I'm going to disagree with you there. Cuz uh, oh, my my boyfriend brought this up tonight. He was just like, you know, they should just get rid of acting challenges cuz they're all so bad. And I'm like, no, if you think back, the the challenges where they have to come up with their own commercial or promote, you know, do their own product where they write their own scripts because they they know the kind of characters they can pull off. Those have been some of the strongest acting challenges in the past, right? Katya and uh, Ginger Minge doing the the sunburned ladies, you know, like when they write their own stuff, they're kind of right to their strengths and at least in the edited down version we get to see, they are much much stronger than these pre-canned, pre-written, you know, uh, skits that I, I they don't even seem to take into account who the contestants of the show are right who did they think was going to play someone who vaguely uh resembled mariah carey well yeah and also i mean it's it look they, they set these people up to fail the the other team should have gotten the script that had the american mariah carey and give it to crystal and they're like you can't do a british accent meanwhile the other script the, the other person can't do an american accent right but i'm gonna but i'm gonna say though going back to what we were talking about with the drag queens is yeah but for every uh sketch that you name that's good i can say like oh well what about nina and valentina's uh <laughs> The horrible, that horrible uh, TV pilot they put together. You know I, what, what, Joe? Like, dance, Club ninety six. Well, that was that one wasn't very good either. Apart like, that, apart from the iconic Club ninety six, <laughs> that whole bit with their club was anything with Valentina having to do acting or being funny is horrible. It's not good, and uh, I don't know. I, I think you're naming people right. who are specific. Yes, I think, yes, but that's what I'm trying. That that is the point of an acting challenge, though, is to have the people who are good at acting to stand out and to win the challenge and to expose the weakness of those who don't have acting as something that's within their uh, wheelhouse or the, within their repertoire of things that they can do, right? I mean, in this competition, right, someone who wins an acting challenge should be good at acting. I feel like like Blue Hydrangea did a very serviceable job of acting in a horribly, horribly shitty role tonight and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, ended up in the bottom two because of it. But I want to go back to this. I want to say, let's go back to season seven. Season seven, widely considered, was widely considered. Oh, no, we've, uh, we've you've, even on this show, that has been de-proven. Deproven? It's been, uh, it's been debunked. Yeah. But if you, in, in retrospect, it's actually quite good. It had, in fact, I will say it has 
one of, if not the strongest cast overall in the history of the show. But the big complaint was how many acting challenges they had. And when you go back, some of them, I mean, Shakespeare, <laughs> the writing was terrible. <laughs> that was actually what I was thinking of when I was talking about the Like just that, that the pearl walking around, hitting the, uh, the shrubbery in the back. Yeah. But at least in Shakespeare, they, yeah. they, they, they came up with more than one set. <laughs> in this acting challenge, they, they were all using the same set for, for no apparent reason. Apparently no, everyone in England lives in the same house. The same set. And I think Shakespeare, they used the same set, that same like basic set. I don't know. Anyway, the other thing that I, I can't think of another thing I like, but then this Maisie, did Maisie Williams talk at all? She did in the, uh, you know, when, when just between us squirrels. Just between yeah. these girls. Like, so she had some stuff to say there. Like, I uh-huh. remember she had an exchange with Crystal about liking his, his frightening whip or whatever. And, uh-huh. uh, she was the one that pulled out the, the, the second line of the night, which was, I wish your knife had been bigger or your dagger had been bigger. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So. But it was a, it was a, a slow pitch. Uh, our, uh, you know what, our, Joe? Here, yeah. when you when you hold her up against the bar of the cardboard cutout of Miles Heiser, it's uh, she she was miles above that. Oh, you're miles, referring oh, to, that. yeah, you're referring to when they had that Miles Heiser on the show, <laughs> one of the worst guest judges in the history of the show. Did you did you read though? And I was shocked to read this that he was actually crushed by his own performance on the show because he is apparently like. Yeah. A super fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. yeah and was just devastated at how poor. But like, and, and, and sadly, he didn't show up. They just put that cardboard cut out of him there. Yeah. It was awful. And where is he from? He's from the 13 Reasons Why? Yeah. Well, he was originally from a uh, – oh, it was a it was an ensemble show that had the girl from – Oh shit! I'll get it wrong. It was it was it was a it was a remake of a movie, but it, they made it into his Parenthood. He was originally one of the kids on Parenthood, and okay. now he's in uh, Thirteen Reasons Why. Yes, his performance was so bad they changed the title to Fourteen Reasons Why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't tell if that was courtesy or mocking me. That was that was both a little both. <laughs> Okay. All right. After Gothi's elimination, the girls all give a big cheer to the dearly departed Gothi, and the Vivian reveals that Cheryl Hole is really bugging her. The next day, the Viv shows off her Rue Peter badge, which we didn't talk about this last week, and I want to talk about this now. Yes. And I think I saw you talking about this on the Discord. For those of you not on Patreon, there's a whole Discord that Daniel is like, the oh, ringleader yeah. of the Discord I dropped in recently, and I was like, well, Daniel's doing a whole separate show on the, got, the Drag Race. got a UK. whole different show going on in there, boys and girls. On the, whole, on the Drag Race UK channel on Afterthought yeah. Media Server. But um, you want to explain what the Rue Paul, what the Rue Peter badge is? The Rue Peter badge is a stupid play on words for the Blue Peter badge. There's a children's show uh, in the UK, which is no longer in the air, called Blue Peter. And as a participant of that show, you would get a little badge, the Blue Peter badge. And because uh, this is on BBC Three, which is a publicly funded uh, thing, they can't give away – they can't have sponsors. So they can't really give away any cash or whatnot because they, they can't have even have sponsors donate money to be given away as cash prizes. So because it's publicly funded, they can't give away cash on this show. So they're just – trying to give away as many British tchotchkes as they can, I guess. Now, as someone who collects pins. I know. What, I want. What would you I, give? You know what? Uh, Vivian said that she was going to put it on eBay in five years. I set a timer on my, you know, I just like had Alexa set me a timer for five years now, so I'll check on eBay. I think, I think. I mean, God bless you, but I love that you think that WoW presenters already have that on their WoW <laughs> channel. 
you can go but you know they, they used to sell that maquette if you then remember at the end of because no one calls it that but um the statue every, yeah the little statue that you get a RuPaul you can buy that it's like if it was 50 or 60 bucks I'd get it but it is like two or three hundred dollars yeah but that was that is a company that made it right that's Tweeterhead or something that makes those things so that's a uh-huh. sponsor they donate them to the show so in in return they get to sell those things but so how they, many they, can't they sell how many, how many people go like oh I love a RuPaul so much I gotta buy a three hundred dollar little statue of her uh, you mean besides like violet tchotchke i don't i don't know like, well look violet tchotchke stole uh sharon needle's crown and probably just stole one but you know <laughs> and i think i've heard that the queens don't get to keep them or that oh, they, really? they promise them and they, but they take them back and then they're like oh you'll get one and they never do i um, have a, no there would be a video from jasmine masters about that like right now like she would like that would have gone viral uh anyway so they get the Rue peter badge while the girls all take part in a power ranger moment uh next rupaul paul entered the workroom to announce this week's uh micro mini challenge so for today's micro mini challenge i want to put all my little stockies in a row so vivian since you won last week i'd like you to line up all the queens based <laughs> on who you think is your biggest competition now, I'll, I'll let you know how she did it. She did it from top to bottom. And let's talk about this, uh, Daniel. Yeah. She went – first was Vinegar Strokes. Then she chose Bag of Chips. Then it was Crystal. Then Davina DeCamp- – I found out what I was saying wrong. I was saying Del Campo. Yes. But it's Davina DeCampo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ting Wong, Blue Hydrangea, Cheryl Hole, and Scaredy Cat in the very bottom – uh, what did you? Th- Let me ask you this question first, Daniel. What did you think of this micro mini challenge as a challenge? Just as a challenge, forget the results. It was what stupid. did you think? About as a it was stupid and it was pointless. It, it served no. It was they might as well have just flipped a coin to say who else is going to be the team captain. It was like it felt like they needed a second team captain and they had to come up with some stupid way to do it. And they decided to do this. I've, I've seen a challenge like this before on big brother UK where they, they, you know, like the house guests have to like self sort themselves and then they voted secretly and see if they match and they lose some of the prize money, blah, blah, blah. I don't even think it was that well thought out or just, it, it just seemed really hastily thrown together and made no sense. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to disagree with you, Daniel. And I said, I loved it. I love it when they do these challenges. Now, even though it didn't happen here, I hope they do it again because I think the Americans would be much bitchier about it. Yes. You know, but it's such a great way to put like that 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 person who just won in the fucking make them squirm and have to do this. And the other people like 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 notice how pissed uh, uh, Cheryl Cheryl Hole yes. was, and like even like uh, something Wong was a little pissed, and so was uh, Crystal. There are people who were pissed, and then also you get to see how they make their choices because Daniel. Clearly, they haven't made a big deal about this, but clearly the Vivian and Vinegar Strokes are friends. Yes. Okay, from from maybe previously, you know? Yes, and Baga, and Baga, I believe, is also a friend of theirs. They all, oh, really? sm- okay. they all smoke together. Okay. No, I mean cigarettes. Like, the, like if you yeah. – somebody over on the Discord had posted a link to a horrible podcast. Don't go listen to it. Where they interviewed the queens. And uh, that was one of the things that came out on that was, you know, like, oh, yeah, I was outside with, uh, with Baga having, having a fag. You know, mm-hmm. Like they all like smoke Vivian and Baga and uh, Vinegar all are smokers. So they all okay. hang, hang out together. In what universe would you make your number one Vinegar Strokes? <laughs> and by the way, and when they were choosing the teams, she ma- she was her number one. Yes. 
I know. That was ridiculous. I, well, so, I agree. I mean, I think maybe just because she works professionally in theater, like they ascribe it to her having some better acting challenge, which I, I felt she was one of the weaker actresses on, on this challenge. But Oh, I thought she was quite good, actually. I was now, so me, confused by what her character was supposed to be doing. Let me – well, look, but that might not be her fault. Yeah, we both agree that scripts are horrible. But let me ask you this question. I don't know if you if you can do this right now, but can you put them in the order that you would put them? How if I was a contestant on the show, mm-hmm. who do I think my biggest competition like, would be? Put, no, no. How would you rate rank them from top to bottom? Right. Well, she's supposed to be ranking them from the the person that is their biggest competition all the way down to the the, the yeah. person that they're not even worried about. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I would be. Let's see. So the first person. Now I'm going to assume that I'm the Vivian. So I'm just going to keep her out of this. Yeah. Lineup. All right. So I would have put Baga first. Because mm-hmm. honestly, Baga is like doing pretty well here. Um, yeah, didn't she win the the mini challenge last week? No, I thought Scaredy Cat won the mini challenge last week. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Who who won the main stage last week? The main challenge was the Vivian. Okay, well there you go. I still I would put Baga there. Uh, I probably would have put uh, Cheryl. After that, because I feel like Cheryl has some uh, some some more to give there. She's also a dancer, mm-hmm. um, and then Davina because mm-hmm. she's really like has some really strong looks. Uh, so any mm-hmm. kind of fashion thing, I'd be worried about her with. Um, I, I I the rest of them are kind of interchangeable. I know definitely at the bottom would be something Wong and the Vivian. No, not the Vivian, uh, the the Vinegar Strokes. I think she got it mostly right. Here's how I would have done it. I think where you and I are probably pretty close to. I would have made Baga number one. Yes. Uh, then I would have brought up Davina DeCampo at number two. Yes. Then I probably would, I would have kept it mostly the same. Then it would have been Crystal. Then I probably would have brought up Davina. I mean, See, something I, long. I completely forgot about Crystal. Yeah, so it's hard because I'm in front of me. But yes, yeah. go ahead. Zen something Wong only because I'm I'm putting myself in the beginning of this episode, which if you remember, something Wong's looks last week were pretty strong. Yeah, he now, even, have, even said that in his confessional, right? I almost yeah. won. Yeah. Now look, the beginning of episode three, something Wong would move down, but as of <laughs> the beginning of episode two, I would have done some, and then I would have done uh, vinegar strokes after that, and then it, I would have probably kept it to blue hydrangea, Cheryl Hole, and then Scaredy Cat. At the end. So it, mine, mine would have been pretty close. I think she did a pretty good job with a pretty fair job. Um, she just wanted to give her friend Vinegar some uh, much Yeah, but I mean, that's – we've always done this in Drag Race, right? They've always – like even other more legitimate – I'm using scare quotes there – more legitimate uh, competition shows like Survivor or whatever. There's a lot of, yeah. of, of those kind of pre-existing relationships. Right. Regardless, here's what, here's what got me about the top to bottom. Uh, challenge rupaul Mm -hmm. explained that you're going to pick the girls one by one from in order of from top to bottom and i forget which queen she picked but they were like oh where are you going to put me it's like well you've just you were just chosen it's like (laughs) it's it's not like there's numbered spots on the floor that she's going to go and put you in it's like she it was already explained to you that she's choosing these from the top to the bottom it's like if your name is called then that's your order i think 
Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, you know, uh, let me ask you this question. We might as well ask this here because they, they, they're, they're, I saw some people going like, oh my God, they already got rid of one of the Brit crew. No, there seems to be like four or five of them and they're swapping them out. What did you think of this week's Brit crew, uh, Daniel? Uh, I liked the, uh, I, I like the, the shorter one way better than the the tall one. Which what was his name in the skit, Mister Willingbottom or or Lord Willingbottom or something? Oh yeah, wasn't I like how you're afraid to say the black and white? I one. know. Also, I know. Yeah. <laughs> the black one. They were. I look. They were both hot. You know, um, the white one. I don't know. There was something. Like I can concede what a very attractive man, uh, pretty to look at, but I was like, he just didn't do it for me. I can't tell you what it is. It's the same thing. My boyfriend was teasing me today on the phone. He's like, well, I know that you're really into uh scaredy cat. And I go, everyone thinks I'm in the scaredy cat. And I, and I, cause here's the deal, Daniel. Yes. I age these people in my head and I think you and I can both agree. Scaredy cat, you might say, oh, look how beautiful he is at 19. I don't know if you would or not. But you know by 25, <laughs> he's going to look like um, Ian McKellen now. <laughs> you know, that's how these British people age. No, right? I'm going to, you know, I'm going to disagree with you because in the, again, in our, one of our conversations today over on the Discord, we were talking about BB6 contestant Craig Coates, uh, who I think was like 20 years old when he was on the show. He's okay. now almost 30. And uh, he's gotten way hot. It's just like, uh, you know, he wasn't ugly when he was on the show, but now he's like all like. Uh, yeah, but that's really that's hot. Chris Coates. Look at look at what's his name uh, from Harry Potter. Uh, the, the the little kid, the, the the one, the 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 one that was supposed to be ugly in the show, but then like got his teeth fixed. And now he's now he's hot, too. I can't. Oh, yeah, somebody somebody's shouting the hold name please. out right now. Hold on. Hold, please. Let me tell you this. This Draco Malfoy is all over LA. I've been in the same bar with him multiple times. You know, he looks greasy. Like he always looks greasy. Day, he looks like a day away from being a homeless meth addict. Yeah, he is. Okay. I know. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about, oh, he was also a Gryffindor. Somebody tell me, somebody in the chat room, tell me who is it. And that was, uh, it was a Gryffindor guy. What about, and what about this? Uh, Longbottom. This, uh, Longbottom. Night. Uh, what's his name? Neville Longbottom. Neville what Longbottom. About, Longbottom. What about this ginger too? What's his name? A uh, blue hydrangea. The, the one that uh, Hermione lands up with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rupert Grant. Is yeah, the Rupert actor. Grant. He uh, he looks. Have you seen this Rupert Grant? Yeah. I'm does. telling you, the British historically don't age well. Now look, I feel like I bet you this gothy Kendall will age really well, but this scaredy cat, you can tell. You can already see. Scaredy cat is 19 and already has like deep inset laugh lines, and and she's 19. She's 19, Daniel. <laughs> And they're like, oh god! And she hasn't seen this. She hasn't seen the sun ever. And she's and she has laugh lines. And she's nineteen. I've got now. I have a, a big topic I want to talk about with Scaredy Cat. So let's let's move on now. Let's move on. Well, yeah. I, 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 it's it's an end of show discussion about Scaredy Cat. I'm still trying. I was going to make another point too, but uh, but uh, any, oh, because you know what it was? I know what it was. I just want to make this point really fast. Scaredy Cat, no. You know who can get it though? Who? This blue hydrangea. Oh my goodness, how hot is she? I am so in love with this blue hydrangea. You know, we don't have a good track record here because you you, you liked uh, Gothy Kendall. He was the first out. Uh, did I you think, see Gothy Kendall's nudes? Yeah, I did. Uh, and 
said something i i said something about liking scaredy cat last week now he's gone now that you've professed your undying love for blue hydrangea you've you've just signed his death warrant so. well let, let's be honest these young ones aren't performing very well on the show <laughs> I, I think blue hydrangea regardless her days are numbered they are all right. I would say uh, the, uh, the mini, the mini yeah. challenge was stupid. You loved it. Uh, I liked it. And I've said what I needed to say. Go ahead. All right. Very good. Uh, after the queens were all lined up, RuPaul announced that the Vivian as the top and Scaredy as the bottom would be team captains for this week's ma- maxi challenge. Then RuPaul announced what that challenge would be. Now, for this week's maxi challenge, you'll be starring in a sumptuous new costume drama. Mm-hmm. Downton Dragons. Now, working in teams, we'll be testing your overacting skills in two sickening scenes. By the way, when that horrible AJ and the Queen comes out, we'll be testing RuPaul's overacting skills. <laughs> this RuPaul can't act. Do you, do you listen to this RuPaul's podcast? No, you know I don't. Okay. Anytime she has an actor or actress on, okay, an actrix. She the the this is not a good sign for her acting. Her number one question is always like, "How do you memorize all those lines?" It's always the first question, and I'm always like, "That's what you're so concerned with." Is how you memorize the lines? It's not a good sign. It's not, uh, and yet she constantly reads people for not being able to remember a line oh, within oh, five remember? hours. Yeah. I've said this before. I've given every finale since season six, right? Yes, and this still makes me mad. This RuPaul. They constant retakes with the one hurts. You can't read the cue card or this, right? And she'll joke about it, right? Do you remember on this Despy Award season seven, Mrs. Kasha Davis goes, welcome by accident. And yes. she goes, <laughs> she, <not concerned>. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, welcome, bong gone. Get the fuck out of here, Mrs. Kasha Davis. <laughs> it was time for a cocktail. Yeah, it was time for a cocktail. All right, we I did this. I think I did this last week too, but I'll do it again. Is I broke um it up in teams, and so we're going to talk first about team the Vivian, and we'll go from workroom to finished product. We'll talk about that, and then we'll do the same thing for Team Scaredy Cat. All right, in the for Team the Vivian in the workroom, some Ting Wong is going to play a Mariah Carey American type character, but she's worried about whether or not she can pull off an American accent. The girls wonder if they're all sleeping on Scaredy Cat's hidden talent. Spoiler alert. They're not. The girls really want to name their team Team Slag, and some team shows RuPaul that she cannot do an American accent. While filming the Vivian Forgets a Line, Michelle Visage teaches Vinegar Strokes how to read someone, some Ting Wong fucks up her lines, and Baga is already showing that she's going to steal the show. In the final product, all of the girls, except for some Ting Wong, perform strongly and ultimately win the challenge. Daniel Brewer, your thoughts on Team the Vivian? So, all right. So, yeah. I know the narrative that I'm supposed to believe is that, you know, something sure. Wong did horrible in this, mm-hmm. but in the finished product, she really didn't do all that bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, yeah. It's like the finished product, it was, it was all hyped up, you know, for the Michelle Visage to give her, her witty lines or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just, uh, I didn't think that she, I, I just didn't buy that narrative. I didn't think she should, you know, everyone forgets lines, especially when they've had like three hours to learn them. But, yeah. you know, it's a big deal on the show, right? To be like, oh, why don't you know your line? I'm going to tell it to you one more time. Kind of well, you've seen the finished product. And I'm wondering for if editing purposes, they have to for, and you understand this, for the show, make it seem like it's kind of close. Right. But if you know the finished product, you're like, 
Oh, no, no, they were <laughs> heads and shoulders way better than the other team. So, yeah, um, I thought they were. So, I, I, like I said, I like this group. Uh, I liked it from the start. Uh, I thought Baga stole it. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, her, 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 is that a British thing with the swinging arm stuff? Like, uh, I feel like that's also something that may eventually get old. That whole, like swinging the arm while she's talking like, hello, I got my arm. So I see what you do, like almost like an old heavy person saying hello. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just very yeah. yeah, full of gumption there. Just like, uh, pumping the arm while they're doing it. Uh, By the way, was it during, well, no, during both of them. When RuPaul did her, like, well, usually I call it a table visit, but I guess you just call it like a yes. group visit. She came in with an L.O. governor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the second one of the uh, of the show. Is that going to be her thing now? She's going to say L.O. governor. It's like, ooh, it's so cringy when she does it. I was, I'm so going to I'm going to I'm going to pull a clip from last week. I'm not actually I'm just going to say exactly what I said last week. Joe, it's RuPaul's Drag Race. Of course, but they're going to do it every single fucking episode. It's almost kind of like the emperor wears no clothes where whatever she says, they're just going to laugh hysterically because she did make some corny. Oh, it was during the mini challenge, main challenge part. And she made some terrible joke. And they were like, ah! <laughs> and I was like, OK, it, guys, at at best, it, do that same weird snicker you did when I made that joke about 14 reasons why, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at best deserve that. <laughs> It at best deserved that. Yeah, and I think the comment was something like, I don't understand what you just said. And they, oh, yeah. yeah, they all, because like, she didn't know what Tuppence was. And they didn't yeah. understand what they, anyway, that's not yeah. important. Uh, I thought the the Vivian was really good as uh, the Dame Maggie Smith analog. Um, I was just really confused about the story. What What is the story here? Is uh, she's the Dowager Countess. Mm-hmm. Who exactly was Vinegar Strokes? Was she her maid? Was she her lady's maid? Uh, because, know. you know, in the show, Downton Abbey, uh, mm-hmm. she doesn't have a, a – well, yeah, she does have a lady's maid. But well, but here's the deal. But at one point, this is what didn't make sense about that scene. Doesn't Vinegar Strokes, <clears throat> whatever that character's name is, beat the living shit yes. out of the countess to the point where she's like, you think she's dead? And then the next scene, they're just sitting there and, and it's not even awkward. It's not right. even like, like you just beat the living shit out of me to like, I'm an old lady to, I, I almost would have died. She was like a member of the Trump administration, like no recrimination whatsoever for beating someone to death uh, with a cane. Yeah. And, and it was just like, yeah, she's just there. She's here, you know, and there's no awkwardness between them or anything. So I didn't know understand that story. And also what was the role of Mariah Carey's character? Like why now, was so Mariah-, Mariah Carey was supposed to be playing the Lady Mary who in the show Downton Abbey had an illicit, uh, you know, uh, sex capade with Mr. Pamuk, a, a visitor to the house and he died during their sex and it oh, was, so it was, this follows real loosely follows real downtown Abbey so Florida. loosely so possibly you know so incredibly loosely because you know the dowager countess doesn't live at downton abbey so anytime she would be there she would be visiting which she wouldn't have her ladies made with her or whatever like she mm-hmm. she interacts more with the downton staff so it's it's mm-hmm. like i'm saying it's really really confusing this whole thing was just such a mess but but anyway i'm just i'm i'm picking nits now it reminds me a friend of mine had some sort of like YouTube cartoon show mm-hmm. and he invited me to, and he was going to pay me and everything to write a couple episodes for a show. And one of the episodes was, he goes, I need you to write this episode. It's uh, a parody of Lost. 
And I go, I've never seen Lost. And he goes, all right, well, you have till the tom- end of tomorrow. He's like, <laughs> right? all right, just make it interesting and then screw up the ending. Well, yeah, <laughs> so I, I, I think half the day I spent just reading Wikipedia articles about Lost, you know? And so uh, it sort of feels like someone got the same assignment, like, uh, I write a Downton Abbey sketch. <laughs> I've never seen Downton Abbey. Yeah, yeah, it's due tomorrow. Um, based on what you're telling me, because like, I, so, so I, I don't know. It, yeah, it, it, was, it made me. It was a mess. It was just a horrible mess. I like I said. I love Baga. Uh, that was the uh, that was that was the takeaway there. Well, that said, like I said in the beginning, I do think this is one of the strongest ensemble acting performances I've ever seen on the show. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, they may, in fact, they may, I actually did, I didn't know what they were talking about, but I did laugh at certain points. Um, so those horrible lines, I mean, it actually, well, you would think, oh, well, it shows the writing wasn't that bad. No, I actually think it highlights how bad their writing was because you're like, look at these stellar performances they're giving and they still can't save the stupid script. That makes no sense. And the script, like, it's like they just put themselves into these weird contortions to make references to stupid things from the show mm-hmm. right like in we're not talking about them yet but in the next group like well we'll just talk about it then so anyway go ahead I, i'm done with this group all right here we go moving on team scaredy cat in the workroom crystal tries and fails to do a british accent the girls really want to show team the vivian that team scaredy cat is being underestimated spoiler alert totally estimated and rupaul asks blue if she's flying under the radar during the filming cheryl hole is fucking up her lines crystal messes up her british accent by not trying a british accent blue is fucking up her lines davina is doing well and scaredy cat really thinks she's doing well in the final product the whole thing was not as strong as the other team and that left all of team scaredy cat up for elimination daniel your thoughts on team scaredy Cat? all right so let's start let's start at just that that group visit from rupaul Sure. She asked Crystal outright. Outright. Yeah. So, yeah. How's your British accent? Yeah. And then I think Crystal said something like, "Well, she the character could be American, whatever." And RuPaul raises her eyebrows and goes, "Well, you know, uh, here's the thing. You know, you got to put the work in because real winners put the work in. That, that's where that line came from at the beginning of the show. By the way, but it's like so she was basically told by RuPaul that she needed to do an English accent. Then mm-hmm. when she gets on set. Michelle Visage is like, would your character have an English accent? Like, so she basically gets read for having an English accent or trying to do an English accent instead of doing an American accent. It was just, mm-hmm. it, this is just constant on this show, right? It's just like, this is like the RuPaul judging in a nutshell there is just highly conflicting opinions that give you absolutely no direction on how you could, you know, improve yourself in any way, shape or form. So it's just uh, that was highly annoying to me. The fact that it was on the exact same set as the other one. Is this supposed to be a continuation of the same story? Is uh, what's her name? Cheryl Hole playing the same character that the Vivian is or is she playing a different? There's only one Maggie Smith on Downton Abbey. So is she supposed to just be playing the same character and this is no, like playing uh, Judy Dench. Was Judy Dench on the show? Never. Judy Dench has never been on Downton Abbey. <laughs> But they, to make it – it is a different house because they're reading – in fact, you remember uh, Crystal is reading about what happened at the yes. other house. And they're in Downton Abbey. Spoiler alert, Joe, is only yeah. about Downton Abbey. There is no other <laughs> – there is no other house 
I mean, there's other houses, but not that 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 feature in you know weekly checking in on a house. The the house that we check in on each and every week is Downton Abbey. Uh, so that was is confusing. There any spot where people are poisoned by the downstairs people? No, but that obviously was just to get that why you gagging. That was literally that whole thing was set up so that they could say why you gagging. We give them soup every week. Mm-hmm. which is uh, I thought was a callback to Bob the Drag Queen. Discord corrected me earlier. That's actually from Paris is Burning. But yeah, uh, it's very, yeah it's it's, so it's just like that. That entire thing was just set up for that one punchline, which didn't even work that well. Yeah, but that's all the RuPaul's Drag Queen so, right, right, like- I have more here. Confusing story. Okay. All right. And then we don't know who the character poor Michelle is, like from Blue Hydrangea. But she had four lines mm-hmm. and absolutely no way to, uh, you know, she eventually ends up being the person that poisons it. Yet there's no, mm-hmm. how is she supposed to portray that she's secretly the, the, like, if she was playing it sinister, she wouldn't be a very good assassin, would she? And also, Mr. Willingbob and Lord Willingbottom, whatever, falls over dead at the table without ever having put soup in his mouth. He literally just nods off. Well, no, what's even more confusing is he hasn't eaten soup. One person eats the soup, vomits, right? So then you would think, well, I would, I personally would be like, well, I'm not going to eat the soup, right? So even if we didn't see it, he's a total idiot. Because that means he was like, well, she just had some soup and she vomited. Let me... Eat some soup. I think, By the way, I think he was the fucking... smartest one there. He was just dying to get out of the script. He was just dying so that he could get out of the skit. I love how cheap this show is too, <laughs> where it's like they don't want to pay the extra fees when a, when a person has a speaking role. So the, the pit crew never talks. Yes. They're just like <laughs> silent even when they – like the other one, he's dead. So, okay. But this uh, – Mr. Willingbottom, uh, Lord Willingbottom, yes. he – he could easily it's, it's almost awkward he's not talking <laughs> it's, it's always horrible however all of that being said i felt yeah. like uh davina did a good job at what she had to work with i felt like blue hydrangea did a much better job than they gave her credit for with what she had to work with i thought mm-hmm. crystal was killing it i don't know why they didn't like that whole aside with like, it's really a big scandal. I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was great, mm-hmm. uh, which Graham Norton agreed with me. But um, I thought that the weakest players on that team were the the two that are left, Cheryl Hole and uh, the forgettable one. Who was the well, I'm going to tell you, we'll get to this when we get to the bottom. I think they had the wrong two people in the bottom. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. I would have dirty cat there. But if you're going by looks alone, I don't know. I don't know. All right, it's elimination day, and Blue Hydrangea and Something Wong sneak off to share with each other, but they're both worried about being in the bottom. Cheryl Holt decides to share with Blue that Cheryl doesn't feel Blue was at her best, even if she's being honest. A lot of the contestants, mostly the Vivian, whisper to each other at the mirror about how annoyed with Cheryl Holt they all are. Elsewhere in the workroom, Vinegar Strokes reveals that she didn't come out until she was 25. Scaredy Cat still hasn't told her family about her sexual fluidity, and Something Wong's parents don't know she's gay. And a drag queen. Daniel Brewer, your thoughts on this uh, Elimination Day mirror moments? So many thoughts on this. Um, I noticed that you replaced bi with gender fluidity. Well, uh, mostly it's because I've read interviews with uh, Scaredy Cat. Yes, yeah, I agree. But in the context of this show, and more importantly in the context of the conversation that we need to have at Mm -hmm. the end of this show – 
Um, he is identifying there. He is not denying that he is bisexual at that point in time. The question was, you know, from the, uh, vinegar, you know, how, you know, do your parents know that you're bisexual? And he's like, well, blah, blah, blah. I just, you know, I like to love who I want to, I want to love or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, very, you know, non-committed. It is weird. And you also remember that earlier in the, well, uh, earlier when he was picking teammates, he said, I need another twink on this team. Sure. So he's doing that thing where he's identifying as gay, but then he's also identifying as bi, that kind of a thing. Um, all of this is leading up to what he said at the end, which we'll get to when we get there. But uh, that conversation was just fascinating to me that the things that were going on, the layers of things that were going on there was very fascinating to me. I'm very curious because I get the sense that some Ting Wong's parents live in England, in the UK. Yes. Okay. Because you have with, well, I don't know, with Kim Chi had sort of the same issue. And so did, um, was it Monet Exchange? It was either Monet or... Somebody had their their dad didn't know or had some stranger. I mean, there, there's zero chance that uh, something Wong's parents aren't going to be at the finale, right? I don't know. I mean, I mean, <laughs> like there's going to be some he, Skype think, message from them or something. I feel Kim Chi to this day, her parents still don't know. Okay. You know, um, I, I think with Monan, if I'm mistaken, I'm, I'm trust me, as you know, Daniel is a fan of the Internet. If you ever, isn't there a whole thing like if you want to find out if something, isn't there some sort of rule like if you want to find say something wrong on the internet, and then you'll be corrected or something? I can't remember what the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, what is that? I don't know, but it sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Also, I, I believe his comment was is like, um, my parents have done everything they can to give me the best life possible, and I just want to make them proud of me, and I accomplish that by not telling them what I do. <laughs> But then I go on national television. Well, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Television. Lie to them for years about what my actual job is, and then go on a television show that's uh, that everyone can talk about. Well, I'm assuming he has to have to sit down with them and have a talk with them before this comes out, right? But, but like I said, Kim Chi's parents still don't know to this day. Yeah, I don't know. It, uh, it all I depends on whether they live there and whether they can get the BBC. Uh, three yeah. on the iPlayer or whatever the online stuff, or whether any of their friends would even be talking about it, right? But then Monet Exchange, I think Monet Exchange had it like people told his mom or something like that. I think that that was one where it didn't work. Like now, how how long ago was this filmed? Do it was know? filmed in the spring of 2019, so around March through April. Okay, so he had some time after it was filmed to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, to tell. Say, listen, awkward. Um, I'm gonna be on a TV show. Good news, I'm on a TV show. <laughs> Bad news, episode one, I'm dressed as a woman with big uh, elephant, elephant uh, tusks. That's right. With the drag name of Sum Ting Wong. But it's okay. I'm oh, reclaiming. Oh. I'm reclaiming it. I, I yeah. know it sounds horrible. You know, I got very upset when I first heard it. That's why I reclaimed it, mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. The parents are like, oh, that's great. You know what? You know, it's very, it's a new thing for us. We're going to have to accept it. But, you know, maybe this is the way the young people are. And, and, and maybe you're going to advance Chinese culture here in the UK. What's your name? <laughs> it's Sum Ting Wong. <laughs> Okay, uh, Dean in the chat room says that something Wong has told his parents now. Oh, okay, very yes. good, very good. Uh, 
anyway, did you have any other thoughts? I guess we're going to talk about the sexual fluidity thing at the end. Any other thoughts on this uh, conversation between something? And um, I, I think once again, uh, they need to step up their mirror moment games because at this point in time, they're the one person we hear something from in the uh, the mirror moments is the one that goes home, right? Like we heard the, the I'm very self conscious about my teeth last week, and then. Mm-hmm. Kathy Kendall went home this week. We heard yeah. the uh, the whole bisexual thing, and he's the one that goes home. So now, by the way, Daniel, I want to harken back to something here. I, I guess we're talking a lot about season seven, but in season seven, your favorite drag queen on the entire run of the show was Ginger Minj. <laughs> and one of my favorite things about Ginger Minj, and I will hold to this to this day. I mean, I have no evidence or receipts. Mm-hmm. On season seven, they said Ginger Minj was twenty nine. <laughs> 29, my fucking ass, that Ginger Minj was 29 during season seven, right? But I have no proof. I'm not, I mean, I have to take it at her word, but that's what she said, right? Yes. So you're you're, you're doubting that yeah. uh, Bag of Chips is whatever she says she is. So bag of Chips, I buy. This vinegar strokes. 34. Does she look 34 to you? You know, knowing what I know about how the British age, Joe, which is, <laughs> I wrote my dissertation on yeah no uh-huh. I, I don't i yeah i'd buy it i'd buy that she looks 34 oh, all right then i stand corrected i stand correct you have to all right once okay. you're past 30 yeah um like when you run into people that you went to high school with there mm-hmm. are some people that you run into and you're just like holy shit <laughs> oh god you look you, me, yeah. you look horrible like you look yeah. like death warmed over wait oh god we're the same age <laughs> Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then you run into other people and you're just like, you know, are you Dorian Gray? It's like you haven't changed since high school. It's like people age differently. I feel like up until about 30 and then, you know, after that, it's dicey. It just depends on on their genes. So maybe she just has mm-hmm. good genes. Isn't she Caribbean? Didn't she mention something about the, the homophobia? Oh, kind of yeah, she's Caribbean, Caribbean yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Daniel. Well, why don't we use this moment to take a break and we will be back right after this hey everyone this is joe batanz and every single week you hear me go on and on about the afterthought media patreon page but what exactly is patreon and what do you get i'm gonna tell you if you support us on patreon you get so much extra content for instance right now you'll get the rumor mill which is a show that talks about all the drama rumors tea and speculation from the world of drag you also get the pit crew a show where two straight guys evaluate drag competition shows like those shows are like they're sports shows there's bring it to the runway you know where two drag queens evaluate the looks of each episode and those are the exclusive shows you also get catching up which is exclusive. You get Throwing Down, which is exclusive. And you get Hello Uglies and Drag Race Recap all in the same feed. You don't have to go to a bunch of different feeds. It's one-stop shopping for your favorite shows. On top of that, you get access to live broadcasts, bonus content, and the Afterthought Media Discord server where you can chat with other fans of Drag Race. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia and sign up for the premium level to gain access to all this content. That's patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. All right, we're back. Uh, okay, Daniel, now it's time we're going to discuss the looks. The category is Bond Girl Glamorama. You know, everyone should know over on Patreon. I'm not doing a Patreon plug. We have a whole show called Bring It to the Runway, where I actually have drag queens 
in excruciating detail for last week because it was fucking 30 looks, but in, in, in great detail, go over the looks. But I, were, were there any like standout looks for you, Daniel, that you uh, want to talk about? Yeah, there were three of them that I really liked. Uh, Bag of Chips with her Laser Minnelli look. I really like oh that. I LOL'd at not only the name, but that fantastic walk down the runway. <sighs> And the, the tossing of the hat at the end. Yeah, I love yeah. that whole thing. Uh, I liked uh, Davina's. I don't remember the character's name, but the one with the eye patch. Um, I, I like that whole look. Oh, I could tell you, actually. You're saying what Davina's character's name yeah. was? Yeah, what was Davina's character's uh, name? It was, uh, yeah, Bag of Chips was Laser Manali. Davina was Paris Edemol. Yeah, a forgettable name, but a but a good look. I, I like the look with the eye patch, with the jeweled eye patch and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It did kind of scream Bond villain kind of a thing. And then yeah. I also like Crystal's uh, uh, bondage outfit there. Uh, I thought yeah, yeah, that was you know for the most part with the with a couple of exception. And by the way, Crystal's name was Wanda Whipper. Uh, with the exception of a, of a couple that we can talk about, the look on the whole, which is funny because Cheryl Hole is one of the exceptions. Uh, overall, the looks were actually fairly strong. I felt. They were a lot of them were good. The three that mm-hmm. I mentioned, I really liked, and then Vinegar's was horrible. It's just it was, it was oh, like she had slept and in. Cheryl it. Hall. Yeah, it's like she. Well, all right, no, but Cheryl Hall was basically doing an Alyssa Edwards impersonation. Basically, it's like when you get right down to it, which we can we can talk about that. Spoiler alert: the person that she thinks she is is Alyssa Edwards. <laughs> it's like. Mm-hmm. When they were having the big talk about like, oh, she just needs to be herself. I don't know who she thinks she is. It's like, I can tell you who she yeah. thinks she is. She thinks she's Alyssa Edwards. <laughs> well, okay. So, but Cheryl Holt, I mean, I felt like her look was just, it was basic. And then she revealed a basic swimsuit. And I was, but and then all not on top of that, but like, what does this have to do with James Bond? Okay. Like scaredy cat. Go ahead. But I was going to say, and did you not see her do like the little duck walk? The little low duck walk holding the gun out in front of her. That was Alyssa Edwards did that rolling around on the roll oh, on yeah. the floor of the workroom. That is that's just like yeah. classic Alyssa Edwards there. By the way, that was a great Graham Norton line though when she was looking at the gun and like, what is this? And you're like, it's a gun. Yes. And uh, <laughs> she is, uh, she identifies, by the way, I did some internet digging there, Joe. Uh, Cheryl yeah. Hole does identify as a member of the House of Edwards, so uh, she, oh, does she she does have a, a relationship with. Uh, did anyone Alyssa tell the House of Edwards? <laughs> Yes, there's actually a clip of Alyssa Edwards, uh, you know, saying, this, "Oh, when the Drag Race UK comes, this girl's going to be all over it." Talking about Cheryl, mm-hmm. yeah. I kind of feel that if you do a meet and greet, I could get like, for instance, uh, do I have that anywhere right here? Like a listener of our show, okay, mm-hmm. a listener of our show, he um, went to college with Bob the Drag Queen, okay. And he got Bob the Drag Queen. I'm trying to see if I can find that clip anywhere. Oh, to say that he, you're listening to uh, RuPaul's Drag Race recap or something? Or you're listening to Dead Catch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's like, they'll, they'll just say whatever you want them to say. They have a whole fucking app for it now, this Cameo. Oh, yeah, right? I was going to say. Yeah, you can go online. There's like literally a website that I've seen YouTubers use before when they're starving for content. They just pay people off this website to like say shout outs to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's right. like... She she probably knows Alyssa Edwards. Alyssa, I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, who cares, you know. But like, she, and so then she identifies as uh, House of Edwards. I, I, you know, it's until they said it on the show. Like, I didn't see it until they said it, and afterwards, all I could see. Yeah. Um. But for me, yeah, like, 
uh, I thought all the looks were pretty good. I loved Bag of Chips, and I thought that was she was so good in the acting challenge and so good in the, in the looks. But you know, going back to what I was saying, like if you're going on looks alone, it should have been Vinegar Strokes and Cheryl Hole up against each other. Yeah, because Blue look was good. By the way, I got I need to I need to retract something. Hmm. I did a Meet the Queens with Taylor the Latte Boy. Yeah. And I was just like, based on the Meet the Queens, and then the first episode, I was like, I can't with Davina DeCampo. But they didn't do the annoying laugh this episode. And I think once, once, and this happens on any reality show, by the way, once they wear out this persona they're trying to create, you get to see who the real person is. And I think maybe it'll actually work positively for Davina in that she doesn't have to do that stupid character she's doing. You mean and like that, see that James Mansfield character? With that stupid James Mansfield voice. We think he was only on one episode or two episodes. <laughs> know, and was like, awful. And, um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm actually, I feel like I was sleeping on Davina DeCampo. Uh, I, I'm, I'm blurred by how attracted I am to Blue to tell you anything, but the, the look was good. Um, everybody, yeah, except for, um, Cheryl Hole and, and Vinegar Strokes. The, I like the, the three tit look was. Good. Other than it, it's something that happens with these breastplates that I, I I see it on everyone that wears the breastplates. It's just there's a small shade skin shade difference between the breastplates and their arms, and it just mm-hmm. once you see it, you can't unsee it. And it's I don't know how you fix it, but they they need to fix it. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. From Daniel Brewer's <laughs> mouth to your the listeners' ears. All right. On the main stage, everyone watches the final product of Downton Draggy, and then RuPaul announces Team The Vivian as the winner of the challenge. That leaves Team Scaredy Cat up for elimination. Cheryl Hole specifically calls out some Ting Wong from the other team as weak in the challenge, while Davina DeCampo breaks down in tears after seeing her performance. Backstage, Team The Vivian untucked, and some Ting Wong and Vinegar Strokes talk about Cheryl Hole um, that she's putting on some sort of character and doesn't appear to be the girl they know outside of the show. Which is weird because during the elimination day, Crystal says that's exactly who she is. Right. Alyssa Edwards. Oh. <laughs> Soon, Team Scaredy Cat walks in and Cheryl Hole immediately makes it about herself and tells Sum Ting Wong that she told Sum Ting Wong out on the main stage. Sum and Vin seem unfazed and tell Cheryl they've been talking about her and how she is not the same person they know. In a confessional, Cheryl breaks down in tears and confesses that she is finding it hard to be herself on the show. Next, Davina emotionally talks about how emotional she was, and Blue Hydrangea breaks down in tears as she shares a lo- alone, wait, shares how alone she feels. The other girls comfort her and tell her they also feel isolated in the competition. Daniel, your thoughts on everything that happened on the main stage and untucked? Okay. So, main stage, I don't have a lot of thoughts about. Uh, the thing that happened on the untucked or the workroom area. Yeah. Uh, why was their conversation cut short? Literally, they sat down on the couch and said, so who do you think from the other side is going to be the bottom? Well, I think it might be uh, Cheryl. Yeah, I don't like. Oh, here they are. It's like, what, <laughs> what, what happened that they would be cut off so fast? I mean, there, did not the losing critique people stay out on stage for a good 20, 30 minutes? It's like. Oh, no longer. If you've ever seen yeah. interviews, when they do that, when they do the main stage critiques, it takes like two hours. Yeah. It's like, it takes a long time. How? How did they get cut off so fast? It's like there must have – were they just sleeping back there or something? It just it, – it was really confusing. There's probably way better conversations. I really hate that there's no untucked for the UK folks, even if it was on YouTube. I mean I just – I wish there was some kind of untucked 
for this show. Because they, they literally in the, in the U.S. make the point of saying, if you're not watching Untucked, you're only getting half the story. So by their own logic, right, uh, they're only giving the U.K. half the story here. Um, yeah. And then this whole Alyssa Edwards thing. I want to I just circle back to that just briefly here because sure. I have a note that I wanted to get to is even if she isn't being endorsed by Alyssa Edwards, even if she isn't an a, a, a what's the word, a, a sanctioned member of the House of Edwards, she's definitely mm-hmm. emulating her. And I, I, I understand this because like when you first showed up on the podcasting scene, there were mm-hmm. uh, people, myself included, that would start doing Joe Batancisms, right? Like we would, we, yeah. we would like in the middle of talking, let me, let me just, let me just tell you something. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you, you get real close to the mic and you do that low voice like that. You know what? Yeah. Let, let me, let me tell you something. Or, or you use the, uh, what is it? An adjective like this? Like you have to like, this, this cat, this cat of mine. Yeah. And they like these, these. Sashuras, like just Sashuras for days, right? Like this, this cat of mine, I hate it so much. It's like, that's like, so it's the emulation of something like you can, you can lose yourself in that, right? You can, you can lose a yeah. piece like it. You can just be so enamored with somebody's performance. You're like, oh, I really want to be like that. Or I really want to bring that to my, you know, to my show. That uh, mm-hmm. you just don't, you subconsciously even sometimes you do that. So I think yeah. that's where this is coming from. They're, they're clearly not showing us how annoying Cheryl is being because everyone is saying that she's annoying, right? It's not just the Vivian. The Crystal mm-hmm. uh, popped in and said, yeah, I don't think she knows how she's coming across. Um, so it's clearly a thing because who was it? They were singing under breath. They were singing like, oh, she uses all those American phrases like yes, queen and whatever. Yeah. Like, nobody uses those over here. And it's just like, it's just, <laughs> so it's one of those things. It's just like, I feel like maybe she's going to get a talking to and maybe she can, maybe she can rescue. She doesn't seem to be a horrible queen. She seems like she, she could be a good queen on her own. She doesn't need to emulate mm-hmm. Alyssa Edwards. But I mean, she doesn't have the confidence by the way. Look, you pick up, like you were saying, isms, you know, and so, but they don't hear RuPaul, you know, she's doing the thing. When they showed the clip from last week, I didn't realize that Michelle said, that's your nose. Yes. I'm like, oh God, Madonna too, you know, uh, where they pick up that British inflection. And uh, so I, it, maybe Cheryl Hole just being around a lot of American drag queens, watching a lot of American drag queen television shows has picked up. American drag queenisms. I mean, uh, kids do it here all the time. Yes, you know? queen. Yes. <laughs> I hate the yeah. Oh my god! You know, you know here's the, here's the, wait, as an aside, this is the thing. Yeah. I'm going to do it like Joe Batanz. This, yeah, this tea. You know about this tea? You know, like spilling the tea? Yeah. It's spelled T. Yeah. Not T E A. It's just the letter T. Yeah. These straight people on YouTube constantly yeah. spell it t-e-a like i'm spilling the tea t-e-a yeah. no it's t it's fucking t it stands for truth people there you go thank you these are the kind of by the way for if you're you know if you haven't if you're new to the show so you haven't heard daniel bruno in a while these are the kind of things that keep him up at night but you know you <laughs> you've, just, you've just alerted me because you know there is a listener of the show named nat pat 90 yes right yes an australian chap mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. He does the best Joe Batanz impression. It was so good when he did it, right? So now I'm announcing a contest for an Afterthought Media Prize package. I don't know what it is yet. Yeah. 
go on your phone on your voice memo memo do your best joe batant impression daniel and i will judge it okay oh that sounds fun and we'll probably only get one by the way no many many we must have many okay we have to have many it can't just be this nat pat 90 it's going to be a super deluxe prize and we're not we're not talking like some like uh afterthought peter badge here no 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 and uh and then you yeah you mail in the drag race recap at gmail.com from your phone you know you can do that on your iphone probably i'm sure and daniel can you do that on this android you yeah, know daniel's yeah, you android. Can. yeah just download yeah. i use voice recorder just download voice recorder free yeah. app yeah and then you just send it along via email drag race recap at gmail.com we will play them on the show we'll judge you know and uh we'll find out and the winner will get a prize package easy easy as that uh all right um back on here um okay back on the main stage rupaul sh- uh, saves everyone except for blue hydrangea and scaredy cat who are placed in the bottom two and forced to go head to head in a lip sync battle for their lives in the end blue hydrangea lived to see another day while scaredy cat was asked to sashay away daniel j brewer any final thoughts on the episode i know you want to talk about this bisexuality thing blah 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 yes we need to talk about Am I wrong that this scaredy cat lip sync was one of the worst lip syncs? Oh my god! You know, I have it written down here. Is just like uh, one note in the challenge and one note in the lip sync. He was basically just doing yeah. a modified white girl uh, on the. It was it was a horrible. He was doing that over enunciation kind of modified white girl shuffle step that he was doing there. It, that was it. Yeah. That was all he was giving us. It was it was a horrible, horrible. Not that blue hydrangea wasn't great, but she yeah. was you know way better than that. Yeah, no, no, it, it was actually not a strong lip sync at all. Yeah, it was. It was actually kind of sad because these British people they don't lip sync. No, we sing, Joe. We sing. Yeah, but which is so funny? Why didn't they? Because you know what's so funny when you do the licensing, you're really licensing the recording of the song. Now you still have to do a license for if you sing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's a separate license. It's a cheaper license and uh, much easier to get. Okay. I think I think the so, problem there is is that Viacom owns radio stations as well as TV channels and whatnot, and so the licensing uh, from Viacom, which owns Logo and and uh, VH1, basically they they probably have some kind of a deal there where they have to like pay the the more expensive. But you're saying even if they do their own recording, I'm just I, saying I, because I would say they also own radio like stations and stuff where they have those licensing agreements for the other thing. I don't know. I, I'm just guessing there. I'm just saying because I I know on on BB UK you hear mm-hmm. songs all the time and they sing them and whatnot. It's like on the American version, if they even hum a song, they're just like, please stop singing. It's like uh, on the UK version, they they sing all the time. Maybe you hit the nail on the head. I guess I'll tell you what it is. I bet you when you play the song, even though it's more expensive and harder to get, there's a blanket license. Yes. You know, whereas if you sing it, I'm sure rules vary from country to country about, well, if you sing it, then then, then, you got to pay that. Maybe it's just easier to do it this way. Because if they sing, I'd rather hear them sing the songs. That's what they are. They're singers. Yeah. I I think what it is, is just the U.S. is way more litigious than than our, our family across the sea. All right, so Daniel, let's get into this. You want to talk about sexual to, fluidity? Right, yeah, and I know you got to leave, so I, I, I'm gonna. No, I'm, I'm, I'm good for right now. Try to. I'm gonna try to push through this here. Scaredy Cat made a comment when he was leaving, and he's just like, yeah. "I'm glad that I got to prove that you don't have to be gay to do this." Mm-hmm. Now, th- here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing. Keep in mind that earlier in this episode, he self-identified as a twink, which is being gay, right? 
And then later in a conversation when he was asked about being bi, he's like, you know, oh, I just like everyone. I want to, you know, I want to love who I want to love. And it's really just my girlfriend and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we hear from Vinegar Strokes about, you know, how she's from the Caribbean and it's way worse over there. Like the, the you know, these kids these days have it so easy. You know, you know, I, he was saying it in a positive way. Like it's so nice that these kids these days, you know, have it so easy of coming out. And it made me think back to, you know, back in the eighties when I was coming out and whatnot, uh, that would be the 1880s for those of you checking, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, it was a thing like you had inside the gay community, you had this distaste for bisexual people because mm -hmm. of the perception that they are walking in both worlds without committing to either. Right. Like in public, they can call, they can talk freely about their girlfriend. They can, you know, hold their girlfriend's hands or whatever. Or even if they're currently dating a guy, they can talk about a former girlfriend or whatever without ever having to specify any kind of uh, 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 identifier to that. Right. So like if I'm currently dating a boy and I'm talking about my previous girlfriend, I don't have to say my previous girlfriend. I just say, oh, my girlfriend said blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so it gives them a certain amount of flexibility and freedom uh, to blend into society that gay folks don't really have, like people who identify mm -hmm. exclusively as gay have. And so mm -hmm. I just wanted to bring this up in, in a sense, not that I dislike bisexual people or whatever, but I just felt that was a really, that, that, that comment just irked me in the sense that, no, you didn't prove that you don't have to be gay to do this because within this very episode, you identified as gay. So you can't prove that you don't have to be gay if you also are acting as, you know, if you're identifying as gay, right? That's, that's, that's invalid. You're, you're, you're trying to have it both ways. You're trying to have your cake and eat it too. And that was something that bugged me. And then at the same time made me wonder whether it should bug me or not. Is, am I being overly sensitive about that? Uh, is that something that shouldn't bug me? So the, these are the thoughts. These are the things that actually keep me up at night. Jump dances yeah. is these kind of thoughts. It's like, I feel like, it was just a, it was a weird moment. And, uh, and I, 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 it was also came up on the discord when we were like briefly talking about this earlier that, you know, do you think that they'll ever let a non, you know, like a bio queen or, uh, uh, onto RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, you know, like there are other kinds of queens in the world. There are other kinds of drag queens in the world, not just gay men. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Here's why Scaredy Cat is wrong. Uh, this doesn't made a lot of. This hasn't really been talked about a lot. But actually, the very first winner of RuPaul's Drag Race ever was Bibi Zahara Benet. Yes, and she's very private about it. But I'm ninety nine percent sure Bibi Zahara Benet does not identify as gay, and in fact, may identify as straight. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, she doesn't like to talk about it, but her, her reasoning is different. And maybe you can talk, speak on this as more as it is the internalized uh, heterophobia, especially in the drag queen world. Yeah, I think that so was actually think, the lipstick right. that she had that she would never reveal. <laughs> That's right. It's just gay men. <laughs> what it said. So, um, so I, if I'm not mistaken, and maybe again, I will be corrected. Bibi Zahar Benet, I know for almost a fact, does not identify as gay. Okay. Now, what she, where she identifies on the spectrum, I don't know. I could have sworn the part where I'm less sure is is how she identifies, but I know she doesn't identify as gay. 
So that's already been done. She just doesn't talk about it. Right. Um, and also since the show has come out, other drag queens have come out as sexually fluid. I saw that Monet Exchange uh, recently came out as sexually fluid. I know Adore Delano has come out as sexually fluid. Uh, and so. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's transgender. We actually have some transgender uh, queens, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't Peppermint like so- openly transgendered? Oh, Peppermint is openly transgendered, right? Yeah. So I guess she would be considered, uh, I don't know what she, what she, how she labels herself sexuality wise. So there's that. So you're not really, I mean, now going to the bio queens, you know, it's so funny, Daniel. I know you haven't watched this Dragula season three, but this season, now, by the way, no one should ever watch seasons one and two. Do not start there. Okay. Uh, but season three is the glow up, so to speak. And it's a very good season, and it 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 highlights sort of the problem with RuPaul's Drag Race in that the one thing I will give Dragula is it does highlight a lot of those queens. I would say the majority of queens in Dragula could never be on RuPaul's Drag Race, okay? And this season they have a um a bio queen, right? Even though they don't like that term, mm-hmm. um. Well, I don't know how she identifies. I wouldn't know if she calls herself a bio queen. She identifies as AFAB, assigned female at birth. Okay. She acknowledges that she was born with a body and was assigned the female on her birth certificate and that she has the biological functions of a female, but she doesn't identify with that gender. Her name is Hollow Eve. And um, for before people get offended, Hollow Eve uh, identifies as a lost gender, so all pronouns apply to her. Uh, and then there's also Landon Sider, who is a drag king. And he's doing quite well in the competition. And so, uh, and there's also just other queens that you just wouldn't see on this show. And, um, and RuPaul, it highlights how the RuPaul's drag race really, even though maybe not necessarily fishy queens, it does seem to focus on fishy and or campy queens. And then pretty much that's it. And RuPaul got, in fact, I think I talked about this last week, uh, on some, on one of my million shows that RuPaul, I think was being overly trans friendly because it was at that time that RuPaul was uh, in trouble in the press for saying that she would never let a bio queen on the show because, you know, she just, because in her mind, I'm not making her point, not arguing against it. In her mind, the show is really about the female illusion. And if you already have the parts, then it's really not that fair. She just doesn't want to redo that tagline. Just like, well, you know what it could be too is is in writing up, you know, doing the scripts for Dracula. I can't say the girls or the, the I have to be the contestants, which makes it. I think RuPaul doesn't want to change anything. Now RuPaul is of a certain age, and at a certain point, you just don't want to change, and and I think that's where RuPaul is. And um, I guess the point is with Scaredy Cat is um, I I, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with sexual fluidity. I thought you were going to make your own statement on sexual fluidity. Do you have a statement on it, Daniel? No. Should I? I am not sexually fluid. It's you know what's weird is I buy into sexual fluidity. Okay. Yes. But for some reason, I'm sure I'm going to piss some people off. I don't buy into bisexuality. Is that weird? So I guess that was kind of what I was skirting around there. It's like it, it, that yeah. there are a lot of folks who don't buy into bisexuality because. We've been burned before, right? Uh, Elton John was not really bisexual. He's gay. He said he was bisexual because it was easier for the public to accept, right? Yeah. David Bowie mm-hmm. said he was bisexual because it was easier for the public to accept. Um, yeah. I, you know, I know some bisexual people that truly are bisexual. I don't doubt that they exist. I'm just saying that from a from a PR standpoint, yeah. uh, you know, they they have 
been able to kind of use that as a as a as a as a way of testing the water on whether you're going to accept someone as being gay, right? Some some gay people have used the term bisexual to just kind of test the water of their family or of society, right? Yeah. No, no, I I I I I'm with you. I think bisexuals do exist. I'm not denying their existence. I just think it's a lot more rare than people think. Oh yeah. And and what's funny is I think we are in an exciting age of sexuality in that I'm learning my own, you know, uh the parameters of my own sexuality. Like for instance, I am, I found that I'm very attracted to trans women. I'm very attracted to, uh, yeah, like I never thought I would have been attracted to trans women. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm attracted to uh, different parts of the spectrum. I wouldn't call my, label myself pansexual, but uh, but there are. I'm learning just the little facets and nooks and crannies of my own sexuality, and even in terms of gay sex, my own nooks and crannies there. And that I don't know if you've heard any of this. I've talked about this before, where I came to the conclusion that look if anal sex is your thing it's your thing but i th- i feel that there's this this belief in the gay community that uh you have to have anal sex to have sex and that because but it, it comes from a, a trying to mimic some sort of heteronormative sexual experience when the exciting thing about being gay is that you don't have to mimic any sort of experience you can make sex whatever you want it to be yeah i would have and i'm learning that I would agree with that. I, I was married for 10 years with, with no anal sex involved at all. Well, let's be honest. I know about that marriage. I think there was also no sex at all. <laughs> Does masturbation count? Anyway, uh, the, yeah. uh, you know, I, I find it interesting. Don't interrupt you. You're saying that, but I really do. I knew what's funny is I was 25 and I met a couple that was my age and they had been together like five or six years, 10 years. I don't know what it was. Right. And, they told me at the time, I thought this was the most ridiculous thing I ever heard, that they, that their sex considered a, consisted of mutual masturbation. I was like, I made fun of them. Now I'm like, oh no, I totally get it. They were progressive. I, I, I was the wrong one. And a mutual masturbation could be the way that you have sex. It's about intimacy. It's not necessarily about, you know, I mean, mimicking. Some of the hottest sexual experiences I've had have been basically mutual masturbation. Yeah. yeah it's just yes, long, I long agree. drawn out, not the, uh, you know, like, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing yeah. there. It's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, that's, I, I could very well see that, but I, I find. Let's circle back here. I'm 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 fascinated that you are tra- or find yourself attracted sometimes to trans females. Uh, mm-hmm. I find myself attracted to trans males more than. Oh, me too. More than than I, I think it's just the no. I can't get past the breast. So it's just like uh, you know once you once you add breast into the equation, I kind of. Like I can't. Well, no. Okay. Okay. This is, this is the whole conversation. Yes. So here's the deal. I'm into trans females pre-op. Once you're post-op, I'm not that into it. Okay. I can get with the breasts. I can't get with the, the meat curtains, the vagina, the vajayjay. Right. And the same thing with, um, but what's funny is here's, what's funny with a trans man, I'm because I'm attracted to the male form. Yeah, I was gonna say and I'm, there, I'm attracted to them. It yeah. doesn't really matter whether they're pre or post. That, there was this really hot guy I saw, and it was like Daniel. It looked like a Sean Cody model. It he looked like a Sean Cody model, right? But the only difference was he had a vagina, and I thought that was the hottest fucking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Right? Yuck. So I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm learning myself the nooks and crannies. You know, the, one of the things I learned when I was dating Cameron is I could have sex with a woman if there's a guy there. Welcome you know? to Sexual Awakenings with Joe and 
It's uh, I know you thought you were getting RuPaul's Drag Race recap, but oh no, no, you're getting so much more, my friend. Yeah, but that's that's what makes our show better than the other shows. Uh, any other thoughts, Daniel? Yes, if you are a Patreon member, please come join us over on the Discord server. It's easy. Yeah. It's fun. It's uh, pop over there to the Drag Race UK channel. Uh, I didn't have it this week because I didn't have uh, hardware set up here. But next week in the Drag Race UK voice channel, I will be watching the show. Uh, and you guys can talk to me while I'm watching. I'll be piping the audio through what I'm watching. So you guys can, if you have comments of specific areas of the show while I'm watching it there, make sure you hop into the voice channel there and you can, you can chat with me while we're watching the show. Now, by the way, you heard a Patreon plug during the break, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to be part of this Discord, you know, I'm, I'm recording the Patreon plug after the show. So what's funny is, I'm going to just incorporate into that plug, but if you want to join that Discord channel, all you have to do is join Patreon at the patreon.com slash afterthought media at the basic plus level and above. So it's $3 a month and above, and you get access to our Discord server, and you can go talk with Daniel Brewer. You know, you can, and there's all sorts of, Daniel, for instance, did you, have you gone to Porn Decor Lounge? I have. I have. I got to see Gothy Kendall, Gothy Kendall, uh, who <laughs> does not look anything like the Kendall I remember in my childhood. Yeah. No, yeah. There's the Porn Decor Lounge. There's a, there's a, there are channels for different shows that we don't even cover. Like for some Eat Master. I don't know why. And, uh, it, and, and so like a lot going on there in the Discord server. It's a fun little place. Everyone's very friendly. So, uh, patreon.com slash afterthought media. Did you, did you see right. the Gord Decor Lounge that I, uh, no, what is that? Is oh, that at Target the other night, there was a, it was a little fake Gord and it said Gord Decor, Gord Decor on it. So I took a picture of it. It's right there. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next weekend every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. So, for Daniel Brewer and myself, Pip Pip Cheerio! Have any comments, thoughts, or questions about Drag Race UK? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Drag Race Recap. Our Instagram account is managed by Stephen Starling. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap. If you want more access to Drag Race content and other Afterthought Media shows, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Follow Daniel Brewer on Twitter at Daniel Brewer. Also, subscribe to his YouTube channel at youtube.com slash WDW Aristocrats. That's W-D-W-A-R-I-S-T-O-C-R-A-F-T-S. Follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The theme song was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. RuPaul's Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.